Welcome back to another episode of Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. I'm your host, Amanda Starling, here to talk to you about all things intersectional feminism, DIY, and of course, the music. I'm back! I hope you missed me as much as I missed talking to you. It's been one busy month of planning and putting things together for the next chapter of this podcast. And if you haven't heard yet, I'm hosting the very first live show of Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion at Fest. That's right, Saturday, October 27th, I'll be at the Hippodrome in Gainesville, Florida, to record a live episode featuring in-person interviews with some of my favorite people across music. We'll be talking about playing live, DIY, and of course the best. I'll have guest announcements in the coming weeks, so you can check out the event page on Facebook. There's going to be a link in the show notes for you to check out please come out and support. I would love to meet you in person and hear about your weekend at best, talk tunes, everything. Let's do it. So now let's turn it over to this week's incredible guest. This week I'm joined by Christine Goodwin of Pool Kids. The Tallahassee-based band put out their debut record, Music to Practice Safe Sex To, this summer, and it has stolen my ears and heart. In fact, I'm seeing pool kids all over social media. People are building the hype around this band. So if you're a fan of melodic indie rock with emo intonations, pool kids is absolutely the band for you. So with that, let's turn it over to pool kids and hear from Christine.
Well, welcome to Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion, Christine. How are things going for you? I'm pretty good. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I'm so excited to talk to you about your band Pool Kids, which has become one of the names I'm hearing the most about throughout Florida. Um, all the, all these friends I have in music are always saying that they want to play with pool kids. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. And I can't believe I haven't seen you play yet, but I'm going to make a point to you for sure. Especially with all this excitement around your new record dropping this summer. Awesome. Yeah. We're, we're trying to play as much as we can come up soon. So. Oh, that's so exciting. Well, I'm very excited to be able to see some shows and stuff, but you know, I'm loving the ability to be able to talk to you, of course, all about yourself and your music. So let's just get into it. Um, can, can you tell me how you kind of first got involved in music and maybe some of the first instruments you're picking up? Um, okay, so I started at a pretty young age. Um, I got my cousin gave me for Christmas this like little tiny like keyboard thing. And before I even like had a concept of like music and like what notes were and stuff I just like took a marker and like numbered all the keys like one through like 27 or how many I had and I would try to like write stuff and then like write down all the numbers of all the notes I played um and then I like begged my parents for guitar lessons for a while and they got me piano lessons instead which kind of pissed me off but um but <laughs> yeah those keys numbered at least you got that down yeah, yeah I had that down but um <laughs> yeah by fifth grade my like best friend at the time bought me a little first act guitar for my birthday um just like one of those little like $20 guitars and I just started teaching myself on that um and then I kind of just learned covers for like an indefinite amount of years to like teach me different techniques and stuff and I didn't start actually getting into like actual music communities until college. Um, I joined V89 at Tallahassee um, at this news radio station, and then I was actually exposed to local bands making music and, like, touring bands and all that, Um, and so I didn't really start an actual band until a few years ago. Nice. That's pretty much it, yeah. (laughs) What was that first band called? Um, That was Teen Baby. Um had kind of a rough ending, <laughs> um, which actually there's some songs about that on the album. Um, but it was uh, it was fun while it lasted, <laughs> to, to put it simply, I guess. No, that's cool. Um, what musicians or, or artists were you kind of listening to as you were learning to play music? You mentioned that you were practicing a lot of covers. Did you have any favorites of those either? Yeah, for sure. Um, I got really into Red House Painters in, like, seventh grade. I found them on YouTube, (laughs) and then I was, like, exposed to um, different tunings and stuff by him and taught me how to, like, fingerpick really fast, learning some of, like, Mark Kozlik songs and stuff. Um, So I did a lot of that, and also I had, like, a super, like, dumb, edgy dad rock phase where I was like, new music sucks, like, let's open all the way, so I learned a bunch of dumb, like, ACDC, like, whatever songs, and then I, uh, I learned how to tap from learning (laughs) Eruption by Van Halen in eighth grade. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was, like, that was the type of eighth grade I was, um, (laughs) but... But yeah, a lot of dad rock 
and then like sad Mark Kozlek stuff. Oh, and Pink Floyd. I don't know how I can forget Pink Floyd. I still kind of am into that. And so is uh, our bassist Nicolette. <laughs> We're both shameless Pink Floyd fans, but yeah, those are the main ones I'd say. That's really fun. I love that you have kind of like that classic rock just like, influence in that sense. I'm ashamed. I mean, not that I'm ashamed of it, but I'm definitely far, far past that now. It, <laughs> <laughs> it, it had its time. Um, I'm open to new music now, obviously, of course. That was just like an edgy dad rock mentality phase. <laughs> That's cute. I did the same thing, though. And like the I remember in middle school at one point because I rode to school every day with my dad and he would always play like the 80s top hits like radio. Yeah. Uh-huh. So like I had this thing where I was super against like modern pop, but I'm like, the yeah. 80s pop and 80s rock were fantastic. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that was just my dad's brainwashing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So many kids have that. And I took it like to the max. And, I, <laughs> like, and now I'm so opposite of that. Like I hate anyone that like tries to shit on pop music. I'm like, stop. It's literally enjoyable music. Like, Yeah. <laughs> Writing pop music is a skill, is what oh, I've absolutely. realized. It's yeah. very hard. Writing something that's pleasant on the ears is hard and difficult. <laughs> it's a good challenge to have. That's awesome. Well, you mentioned, of course, like you're playing these covers. You got to college, and that's when you started kind of being able to play in bands and stuff. Um, you know, how do you feel your music has kind of changed over time? Um, well, honestly... A lot of this, I would say maybe half the songs on this record were actually songs that I'd written for the other band, but never even got to play with them. Um, Mm -hmm. So half the album isn't really much of a like progression of what I feel like I'm actually writing now. Like I wrote this song so long ago at this point that I feel like the progression that I've made with my writing and stuff, it's like stuff that no one's even really heard yet or anything, but... um, I don't know. I think I'm trying to, with stuff I've been doing more recently at least, I'm trying to let like the emotion and stuff guide it a little bit more and be a lot more patient with the, the like the songs and stuff rather than just like, I don't want to lose the technicality and stuff because I think that's so fun, but like, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I want to focus a little bit more on the emotion of the songs rather than the guitars and the technicality stuff I guess but I don't know we'll see no that's that's interesting because there is a lot of emotion I feel like within the songs that are on um music to practice safe sex too so yeah it's interesting that you want to dive deeper into that yeah I guess that's true like I guess when you're listening to it it doesn't sound like there's a lack of emotion but I guess it's just like the emotion wasn't driving the songwriting Mm -hmm. as like well on certain songs it was like for borderline Mm -hmm. that, that was like definitely what like driven by like me being in a bad spot and I kind of like the result of that but a lot of the others I just like started with the guitar part and was like oh this is a sick riff like what can I sing <laughs> over this that fits and like I kind of want to I don't know I want the process to be a little more natural this time rather than just forcing myself to write something that sounds cool that sounds interesting I like that approach a lot um so we're half the songs kind of written with your lineup of, of pool kids then um, I actually kind of just do the writing and then, like, bring, like, I write the, both the guitar parts, 
um, like with my looper pedal, like I'll write the first one and then I'll loop it and then I'll start writing the second guitar part over it. Mm. And then um, vocals and lyrics happen like somewhere along. I don't even know. Sometimes I do it like totally at the end after I've brought drums to it and everything. Um, and then I bring it to Caden, who's our drummer, and um, I just like break down the song to him. And then some of the parts I end up like having to make more intense or like more quiet because of the part that like Caden wants to play with it and stuff. Um, so I guess there's some changing around there. But then after that, um, I bring it to Nicolette. And then once she sees like the notes and the structure of the song, she kind of writes her like riffs on it. And then I just kind of show um, the second guitarist like their parts. And right now we've been playing with Alex recently and he's been great and he like adds his own little touch to it and stuff, which is awesome. But most of the writing is kind of like done first, I guess. And then a, I bring it to the band, which is... I, I like that. That kind of, um, that makes it very personal, I'm sure, for you to have your hand in pretty much every step of that process then. Yeah, yeah, it's lots of, lots of personal stuff. <laughs> That's the best way to be sometimes. I, I definitely can feel that throughout this entire record. Um, what was it like putting together music to practice safe sex to because you mentioned you had some of these songs already some of them were kind of being written a little bit more recent if you will and then being able to kind of record the process too yeah um it was yeah it was kind of all over the place like in a good way but we um started recording oh gosh I wish I could remember exactly when we started recording but the recording was like a very very long process because like for example, like we recorded, I think the entire record, and then <laughs> Kaden and I, this is so obnoxious, but Kaden and I got new gear, and we were like, I want the new gear to be on the record. This amp sounds <laughs> so good. <laughs> and so then we scratched the entire thing. Wow. Um, our good friend Lon uh, is the one who recorded it for us, and he agreed. So we were all on board, and we scratched the entire record and started from the very beginning. Um, and then another crisis that happened was I decided that, or me and Lon actually decided that like some of the songs, mainly just one, it was I Know It's Only Fair and Rick's Toy Box. There were some lyrics that we were just cringing so hard at that we were like, I don't feel comfortable releasing this anymore. Like neither of us wanted to have our names on it because the lyrics were like making us cringe so freaking hard. So I was like, it was so like late into the recording process, like we were almost done. And then we had this crisis and I was like, okay, I'm just going to suck it up and rewrite all of the lyrics to these parts that are making us cringe. And so I just like sat down and rewrote them. And then we started, we just like whipped out the vocal mics again and, and re-recorded the vocals on like some of the songs right at the very end of the album. Uh, yeah, and just stuff like that. It was, like, recording was going on for so long, and then there'd be, like, all these things that was changing, and then we'd say, like, oh, this part doesn't sound good anymore. It needs to sound more full, or more full, so then I'd write, like, another guitar part added onto it, and just, yeah, there was a lot of, like, shifting around and, like, changing things, which is really cool. That sounds good that you were able to be flexible, though, and get, to, get it to exactly the sound that you wanted to have for your, your like, yeah. this is your first full length, right? Yeah, yeah, or first anything, actually, anything that we've released, um, and it, it really helped 
recording with like such a good friend mm-hmm. that you can be like super super transparent with because like I don't know when you're comfortable with someone you can be honest about what you think about things and how they sound rather than just yeah sounds good sounds good like we would agree like okay no this sounds bad like I need to change it <laughs> and so it was that just it helped me I guess achieve like what I actually wanted for the album for sure that's so awesome and then I'm sure it helps because then your friend's going to be very much more understanding about where you're coming from musically lyrically all of that yeah yeah for sure that's so awesome. Um, and I'm so glad you had such a positive experience being able to get it exactly how you wanted. Um, yeah. I mean, there's still so many, I like, there's still so many things that I would change, but we had to like cut ourselves off at one point. Cause we were just like, we are never going to stop changing things. Like, um, but I'm definitely like, I'm, I'm satisfied with it for sure. That's awesome. Yeah. I, that's why I struggle as a visual artist from time to time, because it's like, I always have something I want to change and I can't call it quits ever. So kudos to you to put the breakdown. (laughs) Yeah. It's like that with a lot of like different types of creative projects. It's like, sometimes you just have to like draw a line for yourself because you could literally work on the same project for like your entire life and never be satisfied with it. Absolutely. Well, I love the end product of where you drew where you drew the line here. It's fantastic. And everything about this record is so much fun for me to explore as a listener, because I love kind of like almost this like haunting opening that you have with like overly verbose email series, part three. And then you kind of go into like just that mathy speed right away. And the technicality of it is beautiful, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. We love change ups a lot. Like we love starting a song one way and then having it like end like a totally totally different way it's It's it is and it like it totally catches me off guard as a listener because like my ears end up following your music so closely it feels like oh thank you absolutely and um there's a lot of the a lot of this record has kind of like a heavy subject matter it seems like in addressing like toxic relationships um Yeah, it's really deep and impactful for somebody like me who unfortunately knows about that kind of experience. Um, I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. no. I'm sorry to anybody, anybody that can relate to this album, I just feel sorry for because it sucks. Doesn't it? <laughs> yes. But, you know, it's, I think it helped a lot with like personal reflection and stuff with that sense. How did it feel for you to kind of lay yourself bare? Because you know, a lot of the songs are talking about the way people interact with you and treat you. I mean, even $5 subtweet talks about online, it seems like dealing with confrontation and all that. Yeah, like toxicity online and stuff. Um, A lot of it, honestly, a lot of those songs are referring to one specific relationship, actually. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that was that was just like a big part of my life for a while and it was just sort of natural to write about it because it kind of like consumed everything for a little bit so if you know anytime I sat down with the guitar it was just like all right this is what's gonna come out (laughs) like uh and it's kind of weird now because like I said like I was writing those songs a long time ago um and it's it's interesting like performing those live and stuff after I I like to think I'm mostly past that now and then Mm -hmm when I sing the songs that like it doesn't totally bring me back but it's it's a weird thing it's a weird thing I'm sure like a bunch of musicians like experience that yeah because you're kind of you're 
I don't want to say reopening, but you're re-exploring the feelings yeah, that you had while healing. Yeah, it's like reopening wounds, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot to go through, but I mean, it's definitely something that I feel so many people, myself included, can benefit from kind of having somebody who's writing the music that we can connect to, that we've experienced. It's almost like that reassurance of, hey, you're not the only one who's been through this pain, and you yeah. know, this is how no, you can cope. Yeah, that honestly, like, it, like, really meant the world to me that, like, some people were actually able to relate to some of these songs, because, I don't know, like, when people first, we had Borderline released for, like, a really long time, actually, like, we first started recording, and then released that, and then I think a year later, <laughs> we released the album, but some people would, like, hit me up and talk about, like, how they, like, re- can tell they've, like, been through, like, really similar things by the lyrics in Borderline and how it really got to them. And I just, like, wasn't expecting that. And I was like, wow, like, I don't know. It's just, it's a lot to know that you're not totally alone in dealing with those things. Absolutely. And it's got to be good to be able to have those kind of conversations with folks as well. Um, Absolutely, yeah. Do you, do you have a favorite song on this record that you just enjoy playing or you feel like, you know, a lot of people have connected with? Um. We honestly, some all of the band members have so many different, like, we have, like, different favorites for different reasons and stuff. Um, sure. In, in terms of, like, playing live, um, I know Nicolette and I really, really like playing, we call it Phil Song for short, but they only care about my fills and not my feels. I love that song title, by the way. <laughs> okay, thank you. That was Caden, of course, that came <laughs> Um, and I, th- I think, I don't know if that's his favorite, but he definitely likes playing that one too, because he gets to start it with Pop Rose Weasel. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was just really fun at the end, because there's, like, some super, like, unnecessary, flashy, like, tappy parts. <laughs> that's, and that, I don't know, that shit's just, like, so fun live. Um, and then $5 Subtweet is probably the most fun to play live, um, just, I don't know, the start-stop, like, stuff is, like, super fun, and just, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, the lyrics are just fun to, like, shout and stuff. Um, in terms of favorite song in general to sit down and listen to, I don't know. I actually don't know. Patterns is kind of intense, <laughs> so I guess I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Caden likes Five Times Second Place Winner, because the drums are awesome in that one. <laughs> <laughs> That makes it fun. Well, that's so interesting to hear. I always like hearing about, like, your your experience with the music and, you know, what what you enjoy in that sense. And, like, I love that, you know, for a record that that explores so much heaviness to it lyrically, you have so much fun kind of sprinkled throughout the record in that sense, too, because you have, like, the pop goes the weasel and they only care about my fills. And then, like... I know it's only fair, that money part. Yeah. I crack up every time I hear it, and I've listened to this, like, a dozen times. Yeah, that's so good. We literally had, you can kind of hear on the last one where he says, like, let's get that, and then it gets really echoey, and it's like, money! That was, (laughs) like, he originally just screamed that at the the beginning of his, like, drum take, like, Lana's, like, counting him in or whatever, and then he was just like, let's get this money, and the microphone only got the money part, and then Lana was like, wait, we need to have, like, you actually saying the full thing, like, send me a voice recording if you say <laughs> this money, and that's why he says, all right, I guess I'll send a few in the beginning. 
kids could do is like responding to Milan asking him to do that. Oh my god. So wait, yeah, that was just no. different variations that that recorded bit beforehand. That's just was originally just some variations of the voicemail of him doing yeah. that. Yeah, he was just trying to send a few options that Lon could cut out one that would that would match out up well with the like chunk of him saying money in the drum recordings, and but then Lon just put the entire thing because it sounded so funny. <laughs> it's hysterical. I love it, and I don't even know him, and I'm like, this is great. <laughs> yeah, you should follow him on Twitter. He's got a good good Twitter content. <laughs> I'm gonna have to do that. That's great. Yeah, I mean, I was literally sitting there going, I'm like. Is this a is this like a reference? Is this a cut from something? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I hope this is original because this is just I, I have no idea where this could have possibly have come from. It's so yeah, funny. We've done it like a few times awkwardly live too. Like, yeah, like, yeah, especially like oh god, in Ursa when we play that live, there's like mm-hmm. a there's a pause like in it where we like all stop, and that's usually like when we introduce the band for a few seconds. We'll be like, hey, we're pool kids, but we used to like experiment with different shit to say and at one point we would just stop the song and be like let's get this money and then like <laughs> back into it. and then that was super awkward I don't know we're kind of awkward like live sometimes <laughs> but it sounds good in the record so whatever that's awesome it sounds like fun to me I'd get into all that I know it that much I don't know if other people enjoy it or not but <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm not awkward, goofy person that would just like have a blast with that. I can tell you that much. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, speaking of that, what are your live shows like? How would you describe that to somebody maybe from your perspective playing? Um, I mean, they, they vary so much, honestly. Um, we try to have fun with it. Honestly, I have like a lot of like stage anxiety, mainly because like singing makes me so nervous. So I think sometimes I'm, I don't know. It's just like kind of all about the music and me awkwardly talking when my like pedals break and then I have to figure it out. But <laughs> but we try to have like a bunch of fun. Um, tour like definitely helped us like I don't know get used to like I don't know playing in front of people and stuff. And I feel like we've loosened up a lot and now we just like go crazy and try to have fun and like jump around and scream and it's great (laughs) that's the best because at that point it's like you kind of just opened yourself up to having even more fun and you're on the road you might as well have a great time doing it yeah exactly yeah that's awesome did you have a favorite city that you got to play on this most recent tour oh my god we we were like very very lucky on this tour we played like a bunch of fun shows um weirdly our favorite shows we're all Monday shows, which is, like, awesome, because you expect the Monday shows to be bad, but, um, Baton Rouge was on a Monday, and that was fucking insane, like, oh my god, I think someone broke their tailbone, which sucks, I hope that guy's okay, I wish I could, like, check up on that, but, wow. um, yeah, someone was, like, on someone's shoulders, but everyone was being, like, respectfully, you know, wild, but, yeah, I don't know, some, like, person fell off of someone else's shoulders and it looked like it hurt but he got right back up and kept to the ground so that was fun um, oh my gosh <laughs> and then uh long island was super super fun that was also a monday show which was surprising um where else boston was pretty cool uh oh chicago was like really really fun too i would say those are probably the top ones chicago boston long island baton rouge Oh, in Clemson. Clemson is always just an implied. We have, like, some great friends in Clemson, and they have, like, super great, very underrated 
scene over there. That's so awesome. And that kind of having that many good nights on tour, especially on Mondays, I mean, that's got to be super motivating for you as a band too. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, this tour was the most like motivating thing ever. It it was like, it, it was really sweet. We all were just like so happy and just in disbelief at like everything. It was, it was awesome. I love that. And you come home to such a really great scene in Tallahassee too. Um, how how do you feel about your local scene? Can you kind of describe it for anybody who hasn't been to Tally? Um, honestly, since it's a college town, it it does like fluctuate a lot, um, which is good and bad. Like there'll be like a bunch of bands, and then it's really sad because everyone moves, and then there's like no one for a minute. But then like it always comes back, which is good. But um, yeah, I don't know. There's some really good venues right now. Um, the Bark is awesome. The Wilbury is awesome. Um, Caden's starting a house venue now called the Armory, I believe. And, uh, I think there's a couple more house venues popping up. So it's good. Things are, things are looking good. That's awesome. Yeah. I always, I I always tell different bands that I've talked to that I need to make a point to come up to Tallahassee probably sometime this fall and just hang out. Cause I always hear so many good things and it's been a minute since I've been back up there. And yeah, it's, it's an amazing, I, I love Tallahassee so much. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is super pretty. That's awesome. Do you have a favorite spot you like to play up there? Um, I feel like I should have, like, a super quick answer to that. A favorite spot? Uh, well, I normally really, really like house shows, and I loved playing the Wolf's Den. Oh, also Club Down Under. How could I not mention that? Club Down Under is probably, like, objectively the best place to play, but they're, like, they tore it down and are remaking it now. So all their shows are going to be at the Wilbury in the meantime. Um, but I'm sure the new club down under will be awesome. Uh, yeah, I love house shows. The Wolfstone isn't a thing anymore, which is sad, but there's more coming up. Um, and I, I do really like the bark a lot. The bark is great. So. That's awesome. Well, plenty to explore for anybody who's traveling through Tallahassee. I always tell folks, I'm like, you should hit there while you're on tour, just because it's like the scene is so receptive of bands and the venues are always supposed to be really great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about the local scene, a little bit about the tour, but um, what would you say has been the response from people who listen to Pool Kids um, related to uh music to practice safe sex to has it been positive or what have people been telling you yeah i mean i like if anyone's thinking bad things then they're not being vocal about it which (laughs) which i appreciate um we were like so prepped for like because we have a couple like honestly pretty uh like iffy live recordings or like the recordings are great but like i just don't think like we performed very well, or I just don't like the way my, my voice sounds, honestly, but we were expecting, like, okay, this is when we're gonna start getting, like, YouTube hate, like, this is when all the negative shit is gonna come out, but people haven't been that bad, um, the only mean people are people on Tinder who get pissed that, like, Nicolette and I are, like, just plugging our band and not trying to, like, sleep with them, <laughs> <laughs> like, well, your band sucks, it makes my ears bleed, like, get singing lessons, like, shit like that, and then, but other than that, like, we don't take that seriously. It's been, like, really great, and we were honestly, like, very, very, like, pleasantly surprised. I kind of just thought my friends would, like, listen to it and stuff, and it got, like, a lot more attention than I, like, expected, and so that was, like, very, very, very exciting. 
Yeah, it has to be because it's like I've I know I've seen your music shared, of course, because of like being in the Florida scene. Everybody mm-hmm. kind of knows everybody and you can quickly kind of find out about new music from bands pretty fast. But mm-hmm. I mean, I was seeing bands from like people from all over the Northeast, from the West, from the mid- yeah. Midwest, all but sharing your music. I'm like, this is exciting to see yeah. it catch like so much attention. Yeah, it was like, yeah, it, it was like I was not expecting expecting it we honestly like kind of a funny story uh we were like um in the drive-thru on tour like I think it was the night we released it because we, we released it like while we were on tour which is interesting um and we were in the Wendy's drive-thru and like ordered a shit ton of food um <laughs> and then <laughs> as we were waiting in the line we all like checked twitter and just like freaked out and then like this is so like fangirly but like mom jeans like dm'd us and was like yo the album's great like we're playing in october like do you want to play with us and kate and i almost like vomited and (laughs) we literally were like oh my god this is so awesome and then we like couldn't even eat our food like we literally were so excited that we like we got our food and just threw it away because we were like i can't eat this is way too exciting (laughs) That's so wonderful in that sense. It's like you're getting responses from bands that you get really excited about. That's got to be so yeah, gratifying. Yeah. And we just like, we're not expecting that. We were like, maybe like somewhere down the road one day, like after we release a few albums, like someone, you know, maybe people will listen to it. But then like, I don't know, it was just cool to see some people acknowledging it that we weren't expecting to. That's so neat. Well, speaking of which, uh, you know, I'm always surprised by the people that end up seeing eventually playing music together. And I mean, uh, obviously that's got to happen with you and mom jeans, but I got to know which three artists would you want to play a show with? You can have them be currently active or you can bring them back from the dead. Who would they be? Uh, first that comes to mind for me, would be Terramelos. Nice. Um, yeah. I, whew, hit Nick Reinhardt's like pedal demos are like, I literally cried at one of them one time. <laughs> I watched like the demo of him like doing the afterneath and I literally cried and like bought it. And then I like, I got him to sign. I had a friend have him sign a piece of duct tape. Um, Cause I couldn't go to the show. And wow. I took the piece of duct tape and put it on my pedal board. And I'm like very shameless about like fangirling over that. Um, <laughs> that'd be awesome to play a show. Um, Honestly, Paramore, how can I not mention Paramore? I'm talking like dream, like dream show would be playing with Paramore, Terramelos, and I'll speak for Caden and say Attack, Attack. Nice. <laughs> Which, uh, and for Nicolette, I'll say Pink Floyd. Um, for Alex, oh, what's that? I don't know any jazz stuff. Alex is a huge, like, jazz, well, Alex likes all kind of music, but... <laughs> I don't know. I think that I remember him mentioning some jazz person, James Jameson. I don't even, I don't know. We'll say him. That's the only jazz person I've ever remember him mentioning. So that'll be the <laughs> I love it. That's so awesome. And like, the reason why I always ask this question is because it's like, again, I always see people ending up on these really awesome tours they don't expect. Like, I mean, uh, people like Mitski or Sincere Engineer and stuff. I mean, they end up on these tours, like, with larger bands, like Paramore and stuff, and yeah. it's it's a totally feasible trajectory, and I, I sincerely believe your band's got the talent to be able to end up on any one of those lineups that oh, are no, alive, I, mean, I should say. That'd be, like, in my literal dreams, but, like, 
I get so excited when I see those bands like landing that. I'm like, oh my god, that is so fucking awesome. And you could be next is the thing because it's like these people are paying attention to like independent music and stuff. So that's that's awesome that they are. Honestly, it's really cool. I love it. Well, I am sending all the vibes into the universe for at least one of these to happen for you because that's <laughs> it's always exciting to end up reading like six months to a year later that somebody got booked on this really awesome tour. Yeah, so. yeah. Oh my god, I think I think Jay Som and Soccer Mommy like went on a li- tour with Paramore recently or something. And they did, was, yeah. So pumped about that. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, and I mean, just it seemed like I mean, obviously a lot of hard work goes into reaching that level of you know popularity in that sense, but you know, it seemed like it happened so quickly. So it's yeah, like, yeah. it's For amazing. Real. I literally, yeah, I remember like listening to Soccer Mommy stuff like on orchid tapes and it being like awesome and then I like blinked my eyes and she was like touring with Paramore and I was like oh my god it's so amazing (laughs) (laughs) well you never know it's an awesome opportunity and I know for sure that Haley always keeps her ears open for people like that so got my fingers crossed that ends up happening for you (laughs) awesome yeah so you know that's a lot of there's a lot of work to do of course as you start to grow (laughs) your band but I want to know what are some things you'd like to be able to do with pool kids over the next year or so um we just want to like tour as much as possible with our friends and just have a fun time with that um we're gonna be doing a little run with mover shaker and teen halloween in october um and then I think we're trying to plan a Texas tour in December. And I don't know. Then hopefully next summer we can go on like a really big, like two month tour. I'm kind of on like a teacher schedule and then they're on like a school schedule, like, cause they're still in school. So we just have like, we kind of have to operate with the school breaks and stuff, but we're trying to tour as much as we can within that. And I want to finish writing the next, release and get that on the road that sounds exciting well I can't wait for all this to happen and be able to share all the tour news and everything it's been so awesome listening to um music to practice safe sex too it's such a great (laughs) record and of course I always get people whose ears kind of pop up whenever I say the album name but I'm like it's so you can't forget it (laughs) I know I know it's it's oh god it's been so awkward with all the like the small population of, like, Catholic parents that, like, end up, like, checking the band out are, like, what is this album title? I'm, like, you don't get it. (laughs) Funny. (laughs) But, like, oh, God, it it can be really awkward sometimes. Like, yeah, they were, like, what's the, uh, this album title? Sex? What? And I was just, like, oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't y'all, like, end up tweeting something about it being, like, it marked as explicit yeah. for every single song in the album is marked as explicit because sex is in the album title every but single like, song <laughs> but i don't think there's like any profanity throughout like the record is the most funny part like yeah. or there okay surprisingly patterns actually says fuck even though that's like the acoustic song um, <laughs> that's awesome fuck, yeah there's a fuck hidden in there and then there's a fuck <laughs> and uh <laughs> and um five dollars subtweet that's um, awesome. Well, everybody's got to listen to the record and try to find those hidden fucks. Yeah, the hidden fucks <laughs> in the safe sex record. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, where can everybody keep up with Pool Kids on social media and the internet? Oh, we have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, 
they're all different handles, which is kind of complicated. But uh, Twitter is Pool Kids with four O's, and then <laughs> Instagram is Pool Kids FL. We might change it to Pool Kids Band soon. I don't know. And then Facebook is just Pool Kids, not the Pool Kids. We uh, <laughs> we noticed today that like it's uploaded on some streaming sites as the Pool Kids, which is like kind of hilarious. But yeah, it's just Pool Kids. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, everybody's going to have to make sure that they follow you because I love everything I've seen from tour, from you promoting the new record. It's awesome. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks so much for being on. No, of course. Thanks so much for having me. This has been awesome. A version of myself. So hold your breath and take a sip of water. Count to ten. Think of your happy place. Gotta hope you look back at this and laugh as hard as I have. You stare into me, but I'm past that now. Tell yourself we all know. Christine for sharing so much of what went into writing music to practice safe sex too. I can't wait to hang out and soak in this band's incredible talent this Labor Day weekend. That's it for this week, but you can always keep up with me online. Follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for regular updates. Subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Google Play, Pocket Cast, Overcast, and more. The podcast, leave a review on any of the apps. I'd love to hear from you. I'm always booking guest spots, so hit me up at angrygirlmusic at gmail.com. Whether you write and play music, run a blog, take photos, work on publicity, or book shows, this can be a space for you. Send me a link to your work, and let's chat. Until next time, stay angry, and dance to some twinkly tight tunes.
I didn't want to make assumptions. 